Hi, I'm Leisha in Bangalore, India. And I'm Steph in Toronto, Canada, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. And you're listening to Trash Bags Podcast. It's Trash Bags Podcast. We're two trash bags. Hey, Steph. How's it going? Good. How are you, Leisha? I'm doing good, baby. It's Sunday morning here, 10 a.m. It's nice and sunny. Oh, beautiful. How about you? It's Sunday morning here as well, 12.33 a.m. It's dark and cool. (laughs) And today we are joined by a guest. Introduce yourself, guest. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Hi, I'm Alejandro. uh, I'm... Steph's friend. Yes, this is my buddy, also in Toronto, also joining at 12.34 in the morning. (laughs) Hell yeah, early bird special, baby. (laughs) Totally, totally. Um, Steph, Alejandro, how did you guys meet? Uh, We met at, I call it the skate park. I feel like that leads to some expectations that we're doing jumps and tricks you do jumps and tricks i don't it's college park it's like a flat paved area of ground i roller skate alejandro longboards and we met skating in circles one day yeah i remember i kind of came up to steph and i thought she was somebody else completely (laughs) and i'm like oh hey did you cut your hair you look great (laughs) yeah and Steph's like, yeah, no, not me. We've never met. Maybe my sister. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. She saw me a picture of her sister, and I'm like, I've never seen that person in my life. But how you doing? You know what? It's happened yeah. to me before in Toronto, where people will think they know me, and then it's my sister. Or in the theater scene, it's another Stephanie who works in theater. So I always gotta check in. <laughs> could have been, yep. could have been my friends with my sister. You never know. That's hilarious. And then what happened? Then you guys just became friends after that? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, just kind of talk, this and that, you know? That was my first day ever at College Park. And I had met um, a girl before I met you, Geneva, who's also a roller skater. And then I met you and Nick. And I don't know, just like slowly we formed a little squad at the roller skate park. It's like uh, two or three times. Like, uh, we skated there about two and three times after we saw each other. We kind of went out for drinks for the first time in, like, a small group of uh, four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then one night, that night that we were drinking, this other girl, Geneva, was telling us about her fabulous scarf <laughs> and her cape. Her cape. And uh, she told us about it. Yeah. <laughs> He was telling us about this place like the hippie market and it's uh-huh. just like a vintage market area for like vintage clothing and stuff mm-hmm. and people just kind of sell their stuff there and we went and it was very sick got some sweet outfits nice so you've been like recent <coughs> friends you're not friends for a very long time no 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 very recent Man. about a month month and a half Cool. Okay. I swear okay. we've known like, each other long. What sets you? I don't know. <laughs> like when did well, we I start mean, maybe skating? We met... 
But yeah, I guess. Yeah, we might have like met a little earlier and then eventually actually yeah. became friends. You yeah, know. True. Yeah. Cool. So Alejandro, I sense an accent in your voice. <laughs> Where are you from exactly? I am from Venezuela. I came to Canada in 2011 and I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I came with my father and uh, he had some family here prior to mm-hmm. us moving. So we had a bit of a place to land and kind of like, like ease our way into it. But yeah, for the most part, I've been kind of just chilling here in Canada, figuring it out. Cool. So. What was it like growing up in Venezuela? I mean, honestly, when I heard your episode of like how police and how things work in India, it kind of hit home for me in a way because we're also pretty crazy down there. Uh, politics are quite wild. The cops, they're just their own entity and they just don't give a damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's pretty fun. It's pretty crazy over there. Anything can happen at any moment. It's kind of like a James Bond movie. <laughs> yep. Thrilling, but probably not a great way to live. Is that right? No, not at all. Not at all, mm, to be honest. Yeah. Coming to Canada, I, it's like, I remember watching the Disney Channel as a child. Yeah. And like these TV shows with the like, oh my God, the beautiful houses and the beautiful streets. Yes. And I'm like, that's not what it looks like outside. I can see outside and it looks horrible. And then coming here and I'm like, wow, he exists. It's real. So yeah, that was interesting. Coming to Canada was really fun. Um, I came here to start grade 10 high school. Mm-hmm. And I gotta admit, it was pretty easy. I mean, excuse me. I knew no English. Our uh, our second language in Venezuela is supposed to be English, but our teachers are pretty mediocre. So I knew no English coming into Canada. Wow. I had about a month. Yeah, I came in August, and then we started school in September. So it was a month before I started school. And I mean, I'm a pretty... Uh, uh, I, I'm a kind of person that doesn't worry about like making mistakes and this and that. I'm very friendly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of why I picked up the language fast. But other mm-hmm. than that, I wouldn't have been able to. And my writing is horrible. I'm still pretty <laughs> horrible on like grammar and such. But at least I'm kind of an extrovert. So I just kind of talk to everybody. Mm, yeah. Even schooling here, everything is so different. People, like, kids can, like, leave school in, like, lunchtime. Like, yeah, I'm gonna walk to my mom's house and, like, just eat lunch and come back. You wanna come? I'm like, what? You're allowed to leave the property? That's a thing? What What if you don't come back? And they're like, well, we don't. And then they're call our parents. And I'm like, that's it? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what else would happen? Crazy. Like, I mean, back home is like nobody but like your parents can pick you up or something like that. You yes. know what I mean? And it's like they yes. won't even leave let you leave the school unless you're like a certain age and like your parents have given written concern, mm-hmm. con- uh, consent that you can like leave and stuff. You know what I, I mean, mean? That's how it is yes. here too. Even back home, like my my brother and sister were not allowed to pick me up from school. It, it could only be, like, my father or my grandmother because she raised me most of the time. 
and here the kids are coming and going and like nobody gives a damn. <laughs> like it's so chill. <laughs> what? I mean, I think like maybe I I feel like if you're like little little though, that's not like how chill it is. But maybe. Maybe he got into the mean... wrong crowd. <laughs> is that what it is? All the kids are just sneaking around. <laughs> Like, cause if you came I mean, in grade we, ten, then like I don't know. I feel like it. I it. They definitely would have let let you leave whenever you wanted. But if you like, uh-huh, if you came in when you were younger, then probably not. I mean, no. Like I don't know. Like I fully remember. Just like on lunchtime, they'll be like, "Yeah, we're just gonna go to like Timmy's or something, or like we're gonna go to McDonald's. It's not that yeah. far. We'll be back." <laughs> and then if you're late, you're late, and that's that. And like the. The teacher will be mad, but that's it. Or like, the the whole monitor will see you walking around, and like you're the only one in the hallway, so you slip the guy like five bucks, and that's it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't mean, say I, I ever even slipped anyone five bucks. I just walked in late. <laughs> yeah, no, we lived in Scarborough, and like I guess they're more used to like kids trying to be slick or like thuggy, even though you're in high school, so you're like just a dumb kid. <laughs> So they're like, yeah, slip me five bucks, and everybody's on that little hustle, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, also, my school had, a, like, a smoking pit, like, straight up. It was, like, it was in school grounds, but it wasn't actual school property, so they couldn't even tell us not to go there. And all the potheads were chilling there. All, like, the preppy kids would chill there. Yep. <laughs> And, like, you'll sleep the whole monitor five bucks, and then you're looking outside the window when class started, and there he is, buying drugs. Wow. With your money. Damn. (laughs) It's so hard for me to wrap my head around this, because I went to an all-girls Christian school, so it was strict, so, so many rules that you had to follow. So I can relate to you, Alejandro. The gates were locked. Mm-hmm. Nobody were allowed to go outside. The the compound walls were high. <laughs> so this is yep. shocking to me to hear. Yes. No, for sure. Like here, like they were not even like, I mean, there were gates, but they weren't even closed or anything. Like, goddamn. You guys have it easy. Okay. Damn. We didn't have anything. We just, you just come go as you please, especially once you get into high school. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, that's, like, back I guess home, I just thought know? that's how it was for everyone everywhere. It's just like come go as you please. Yeah, like once <laughs> I came here, like all these kids are just running around. I'm like, my school, my high school here in Canada is in like Scarborough in Toronto was like down up the street from the Scarborough Bluffs. Like Bluffers Park is kind of like a well-known park in the area. Mm-hmm. Kids, like by the time I was in grade twelve, I was just like keeping class and like the homies were already driving we used to go drive to the bluffs and just like skip fourth period and just like smoke sometimes and just kick it there for a few hours like all the bad boys and whatever (laughs) it's just so easy (laughs) and like you could even like once you're like 18 or whatever you can change so the office when you skip class doesn't call your parents but it just calls you So it got even easier. Like, my parents didn't even know I wasn't going to class. What? So you could just skip school every day. Nobody would know. 100%. Yeah. Nobody would know. <laughs> wow. You found the ultimate loophole. 
Oh, I was much better than that. I wouldn't even get in trouble. I did a lot of summer and online school because I heard that this is something that also doesn't happen in Venezuela. You could have a spare. You could have yeah. enough credits that then you can take a, like a specific period of time off of school and not do anything. So I had like four spares in my <laughs> senior year. So like all these kids were skipping class mm-hmm. and I was just on spare. So I was even cooler than they are like. I'm not going to class because I get to, not because I just choose not mm-hmm. to. I'm like, yeah, I'm dope. I'm still getting good grades, and I'm hanging out with the bad kids. <laughs> the best yeah. of both worlds. <laughs> but Alejandro, do you miss anything from back home? I miss a lot of things. I definitely do. The culture is lovely. Mm-hmm. Coming to Canada, kid, here, like, I actually my parents have had to have a talk with me uh, where like back home we see somebody, we greet them with a hug and a kiss and sometimes a kiss in the cheek or both cheeks mm-hmm. are like, whether you're a guy or a girl, we're going to hug or whatever. And they're like, listen, people here don't like to be touched. And if you touch them, you're going to get in a problem. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It's just yeah. that people here have boundaries. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> So, like, people here are so much colder, like, even though you may think, wow, my friends, we all, we get along so well, and we're so goofy together, but no, back home, anybody, like, they'll, like, introduce you, first time meeting, you'll, like, hug them and kiss them, I'm, like, get to know each other here, it's, like, yeah, no, ten, stay 10 meters apart, don't even <laughs> look at them, it's, like, okay. There is definitely a lot of that, and that was really weird. I miss that back home that, like, anybody is your pal, and like, everybody's just. It's like you're going to someone's house, it's like, it's your aunt, it's like, hey, let me fix you a plate. Are you mm-hmm. good? Are you hungry? Yeah. You yes. know? I yes. Kids come to, like, I would go to my <laughs> friend's house here, and they wouldn't even say hi. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this guy, his aunt is visiting, and like, his parents are having a whole brunch area situation at home mm-hmm. and yeah. the kids just show up directly to the basement to the chill spot like not even hi hello mm-hmm. i really miss that from mm-hmm. back home where like we greet the adults hello yeah. to your grandma your uncle and you're literally sitting there like talking to them for like 15 minutes and yeah. then you get to be excused to do your thing with your friends mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, absolutely yes i can relate to this really hard because uh, yeah, when I moved to Canada, I was 25. I was basically an adult. Um, so it's different from what you experienced. But yeah, people would not look at you. It's uh, it's not uh, polite to make eye contact with strangers. But we don't hug people when we greet strangers in India. So I was fine with that. And I don't like hugging people. So I was cool with that. <laughs> but yes, when you go to somebody's house, when you go to the auntie's house, they just, they're like, yes, are you hungry? you poor thing you know you're all treated that way oh yeah Yeah. and you don't have a choice there's just a plate and as you're speaking it's being made for you you bet your ass you're eating that plate of food yes the whole plate yes exactly oh yeah and it's like you want more it's okay here this is for your family take with you say hi to your mom oh my goodness so much food always oh yes you guys need to come see my nana. She'll feed you. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know, like, it was so different coming here. At least my family personally was, like, more like back home. Mm-hmm. Where 
my father he came to Canada as a child with his mm -hmm. other four siblings, and mm -hmm. then his siblings stayed in Canada, and he went to Venezuela, and that's how I eventually came to be in his life. Mm -hmm. And we came here, and we have so much family here, mm -hmm. and but like it's so crazy to see all these other kids and. I went to Italian households and it was so much like back home and it was so good mm -hmm. talking like to like somebody's no, nah, no, no. And mm -hmm. they'll be like, you want to come hang out? And I'm like, no, I'm talking to your grandparents. They're cool. <laughs> they got stories. Yeah. True, true. Very true. And what about the food? Do you miss the food? So good. <laughs> the food back home is great. It's like <laughs> vegetables have more flavor. Yes! Like... <laughs> Everything about it is just insane. Like fruits, like we used to have a mango tree. I would have a mango for breakfast oh. every day. Yay. It was dope. Our neighbors had mango trees as well. We also yeah. have, we had a lemon tree with a, by the way, uh, lemons are green, limes are yellow. Oh uh, everywhere else in the world. Oh my gosh, we literally have this conversation all the time. <laughs> Lisha, what color are lemons in India? They're green and they're tiny. Oh, fuck off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Foreign power, I'm baby. I'm going to have to admit lemons are green. Uh, no. Lemons are yellow. <laughs> it's literally called lemon yellow. <laughs> so, yeah, like, the food is so great. It's awesome. And, mm -hmm. um, like, the wildlife is amazing. I remember I had a few pets as a kid, mm -hmm. but one of them I didn't choose. It was this one giant iguana that just showed up in the, my backyard one day. Mm -hmm. And I was, I must have been like five or so. And I've had that iguana living in my backyard until I was 15, so like a whole decade. And she would like come and go as she pleased, but she would be back like every single day. And she would sleep on top of a, a little shed that we had in the backyard where we stored our stuff. Mm -hmm. So I definitely miss a lot of that, like, very nature-oriented place. And Venezuela is a small country, and it mm -hmm. has a little bit of everything. Like, we have this idea that, like, if you're in the center of Venezuela and you drive five hours in any direction, you will find either snow, desert, Mm -hmm. Ocean, mountains, or like rainforest. Wow! Okay, wait. Oh, no, no, snow? <laughs> yeah. Where's there snow in born. Venezuela? Aren't you like at the equator? I was, uh, yeah, yeah. But we have mountains. We got oh, high, high mountains, okay. and it actually snows there. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So on top I was of the mountain. born in a very cold place in Venezuela, which was kind of cool. <laughs> And I don't know, I just love how we got a little bit of everything. Yeah. I definitely miss the fact that, like, yeah, pretty much any direction you can go is a different adventure. Hmm. Cool. Wow. So cool. Lisha, yeah. in India, how do you guys celebrate Christmas? Or how are some of your, like, things that you guys do along, around that time? So the funny thing is, I went to a Christian school, right? So I celebrated... Christmas, but I'm a Hindu at home, so <laughs> Christmas is not a thing. So we we used to have the tree up, and we celebrated all the the entire month, singing songs and you know the usual stuff. 
Do you have like the Very same nice. Christmas yeah, songs yeah. as here? Sorry? Do you have like the same Christmas songs that we have here, like Jingle Bells and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Kind of... yeah? Oh wow, very westernized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty westernized here. Um, because India is a secular country, so secular means they're inclusive of all religions. It mm. we end up celebrating all the all the mm-hmm. festivities of all the religions. Yeah, but Alan, that just yeah. means more holidays for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But Alejandro, right you've on. mentioned in the past that your Christmas music's different, Alejandro, right? Oh my god, I love our Christmas music. <laughs> Is it like, all in Spanish? It's, of course, it's all in Spanish and it's very, very cheerful. It's not like Western music, like, you only have a few Christmas songs that are kind of iconic and everything else is just a remix of that or it's just boring. Yeah. <laughs> if, back home... It's like a fucking carnival. Like, it's a great time. Everybody's happy. We have this awesome song about a kid riding a donkey. And he's on his way to Belen, uh, Belen uh, where the baby Jesus was born. Bethlehem? And he's just like... Bethlehem, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in Spanish, is Belen. Oh, okay. And he's just singing along, riding his little <laughs> horse on the side of the road. And it's just it's him and his donkey hanging out. <laughs> Yes. And that's like my favorite Christmas song and I love it so much. Yeah. So you are a, a Christian, right? I mean I was raised Christian, but I right. wouldn't say that I am a Christian. I recognize yourself as a mm. Yeah. I'm not a very religious person. It's okay. it's hard for me to find my faith, or I wouldn't say it's hard, but uh it's hard for me to put my faith in something as trivial as religion. Okay. But in Venezuela most of them are are they yeah, Christian? Christian or okay. Catholics, you know, mm-hmm. basically. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We do have Santeria, which is like witch doctors and that kind of stuff. That is also something that is very popular back home. Mm-hmm. And that has to do more with our heritage from like native and this and that stuff. So how is, how, uh, are you native? Uh, personally, no, and uh, I'm actually quite white for a Hispanic, but that is normal. I have two siblings. I have an older sister and an older brother. Mm -hmm. My sister is much lighter color than I am, Mm -hmm. and my brother is much darker color. Okay. Because all three of us have different fathers and the same mother. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of just variate, and Venezuela itself it variates quite a bit between dark-skinned people and light-skinned people, mm-hmm. and that's another thing. Venezuela, as terrible as it sounds, me saying that it's like there is no racism there. There is no white people versus black people. Mm-hmm. It's more of a all against all <laughs> situation yeah. there. There is no racism. Mm-hmm. There is just pure hate. Against each other, just trying to survive. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The same thing in India. Yes, no racism. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just hates everybody else. Mm. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, but I want to understand why, like your background, like your racial background. So because yeah, native quite white. Doesn't, yeah, native doesn't refer well, to your skin the... color so much. Oh, like, okay. Well, I mean. Uh, my parents are actually, I found out very recently, talking to my sister, I knew that my mother was Colombian, 
-hmm. But what I didn't know is that my father is also Colombian. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why I'm light-skinned, but I am pretty native. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that my mother has some pretty native descent. Like uh, she must have been a few generations in Colombia. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty native of Latin America. Okay. And, uh, but is the native culture still alive or is that wiped out? Very much so. No, we're, uh, we have a pretty strong native culture mm -hmm. for the most part. And uh, it's not like as different as here in Canada, for example, where native people are very easily identified. Mm -hmm. Back home, there is uh there's kind of a mismatch and you you don't see very purely native people unless you go to very specific areas of the country mm -hmm. but uh we do have our culture we do have all of our beliefs and stuff we're okay. folky folky people very folky yeah okay great so you are aware of the the stories or the background or like the values that native culture carries definitely Definitely. Oh. We're taught some of it in school. We don't practice it as, as much, but we're told it about it and we, we learn about it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're pretty proud of where we come from. Um, wow. We don't really have like a, like a lot of culture. Like most of our stories are like how this one guy, Simon Bolivar, was a Spaniel, but like he also believed in like freedom he's the guy that liberated colombia venezuela ecuador among many other mm -hmm. like uh, hispanic places in south america well the spaniels were in there so mm -hmm. most of our culture revolves around that one guy and also just us thriving as a community mm. we are not a very we're not a very old country either okay. so yeah is there just because you use the word so now it's in my brain is there like a big community kind of feeling amongst like the general population and culture there? Or is there more of like an individualistic? Yeah. There is definitely a lot of like welcoming feelings towards our culture where we're all we're all in it together type of thing. But at the end of the day, we're all against each other because we're all trying to survive. And that is a very difficult place that we get put in by our government. It's not, you know, and uh, the sad part is that we don't get together the way that we should. We're not smart about it. We're very marginal over there. Like, I, that's not the word that I'm looking for. Uh, we're just very, we have low standards of life. And uh, because the population is so poor, m the most of the population is poor, it's easy to keep us happy. Mm -hmm. So... You know, the President Chavez, which was very much so beloved, all he would do is go to a very poor area and be like, here is a hundred washing machines and dryer machines mm -hmm. for all of you to do your laundry instead of going down to the river and doing your laundry. And they'll be like, yay, where it would have cost him a lot more money to keep happy the people that actually have power in the country. Yeah. So you would go to the poor areas and give a little bit to the poor. And that's kind of like how you keep them happy, but nobody really goes and grows mm -hmm. from there. You know what I mean? There's no real growth. It's just very simple things that keep you happy, but don't really help you be better in any mm -hmm. way. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's no real action. 
um yeah so we have a huge feel like a huge feeling of camaraderie we're all we're all family in a way but shit if my son is starving i'm definitely gonna bring you to your house and rob you and try to sell your stuff so i guess Mm -hmm. I, i don't know if that answers your question but that's how i feel Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is very well yeah. put, um, Alejandro. Um, mm-hmm. It's there's no sense of um, there's no value for another human being. There is no um, uh, sense of uh, sticking together to get out of this, you know, because we're so worried about Mm-mm. the basic necessities or just survival of ourselves to keep ourselves oh, yeah. safe. That it, there is this whole, you know, family like thing, but there is also. this side where you know if i'm in trouble then i will you know push you off the ledge i don't mind doing that a hundred percent dog yeah. eat dog world hundred percent yeah yeah and in uh, canada no. it's the other way around they don't make eye contact but if <laughs> you're in distress they will come and help you yeah in a way yeah mm-hmm. um i don't know it's interesting in canada how Uh, people have issues with the police in Canada, mm-hmm. and for the most part, I understand that there is racial issues. But for the most part, they try to do their job, and I don't necessarily have a problem with police here, as long as they're actually kind of helping some sort of situation. You know what I mean? If I call the cops and I say, "Hey, I got robbed," they will come back home. Uh, I have a pretty funny story where. My father was a pediatrician, and he had a uh, he had his uh, personal practice was mm-hmm. in the first floor of our house. We used to live in a two-story home, so the yeah. first floor he had himself set up a very small um, kind of clinic for children and stuff. Mm-hmm. One night, somebody break. Well, they don't break in. We're about to close. It's about six thirty. We're about thirty minutes late for closing at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And this like lady and gentleman knock on knocking the door and they're like, "Hey, sorry, we're late. We just had like a terrible day. Whatever. We we would like to uh, schedule a consult for uh, my wife. She's gonna have a baby very soon." And my father said, "Wait, could you please come another day? This and that." Our secretary was new and she didn't lock the door. My father's oh. kind of trying to steer them to go away. Like, uh, it's too late. Please come out another night. It's kind of dangerous." And they weren't going away, and then they realized by j- like jiggling the handle of the door that the door wasn't locked, and they come in, and behind there was another group of another man and another woman, mm-hmm. and this woman, a hundred percent like eight to nine months pregnant, was about to rob us, and like they whip out some guns, and they're like, "Hey, this is a robbery!" Wow. Uh, we- We know What? you live upstairs, so please give us the keys before we shoot you in the face. Uh, where is the safe? Where is the money, man? Where is the stuff? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, one one guy goes upstairs and starts checking things out. And we we have a we uh we were pretty well off for the most part. We lived in a rough neighborhood, mm-hmm. but we had a nice house. We had nice stuff. Mm-hmm. My grandma had plenty of collector's items, as all ladies do. You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but these people were very calculated. They knew what they were coming for. You know what I mean. This mm-hmm. wasn't like a random thing. 
Yeah. So they took specific things. They took the safe. My father had a gun. They stole his gun. Because for protection, you have a gun. But it, this, is all, this also is in the USA where you just walk around with a gun in your pocket. You know, back home, you have a gun, but you have it locked and safe the way that it was meant to be. Not like, yeah, it's locked in the US. They have it like it's locked in this giant box, but it's not actually locked. And like there's such easy access back home. Mm-hmm. Most people kind of are a little more safe on that matter. At least family men are. And they steal all this mm-hmm. shit. And the only reason they didn't steal the cars is because they didn't know that the cars were standard and they couldn't drive standard. They could only drive automatic. Huh. So they tried, they to, tried steal to steal them? the cars. My father's car was there. My father's <laughs> girlfriend's car was there. But because it's a stick shift, they couldn't steal them. And eventually everything goes oh well. God. They leave. You know what I mean? The, the situation didn't escalate too quickly. Uh, this lady was pregnant, so she was actually having cramps and stuff, and she was literally about to pop. So, like, she was full on, like, I can no longer hold it. Like, let's get the hell out of here. So they leave, and we call the cops, and the cops get there, like, 40 minutes later, even though the station is down the street. And, like, they know who my father is. We're pretty much, like, the doctor of the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. More often than not, mothers come with their kids, and they say, listen... My husband is a gangbanger. He does rob for a living, so we don't have a lot of money. I, how much is this console going to cost? And for the most part, my, fa- my father would be very forgiving about that kind of stuff. So they knew him. A lot of people know who he is. The cops showed up late. We know the cops that showed up because two of their children, like, they're, uh, um, what do you call it? They're, they're, um, they come to him all the time. They're patients. Yeah. And... Then we're telling them, listen, they went that way. The car looks like this. And they cost it. Okay, cool. They literally get in their car and drive the opposite direction. 100% opposite direction. <laughs> and it's not like, oh, we're going this way because we're going to circle around and try to cut them off. Nah, bruh. You were going the opposite direction into like a, a freaking a dead road. And you, this is your neighborhood. So you know what you're doing. Like the cops just did not give a shit back home Mm -hmm. here. If somebody attacks you, you call the cops. They're like, okay, we'll be right there to take a report. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of have no problem with the cops here for the most part, but back home is ridiculous. You would be like stuck in traffic and they'll turn their lights on and drive on the sidewalk. Because there's so much traffic that they can't even, like, cars can scoot over to give them path. So they'll drive on the sidewalk, and after the light, they will rejoin traffic and turn their sirens off. Like, there's just no disregard for any type of law or anybody else's feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wow. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a wacky place, but it made me who I am in a way. It made me pretty tough, and it made mm-hmm. me very, like, smart about things. Yes. I would say. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the street smarts of how to navigate a pregnant woman. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It was quite interesting, you know what I mean? She's kind of, like, holding a gun mm-hmm. to us, and we're sitting on a room, but she's also having cramps, oh, and we're like, terrifying. oh. And she starts like waving the gun around angrily because she's in so much pain, and we're like, "Oh no! Oh my god! Please sit down, have some water." Like I fully remember my father is like, "Sit down, have some water." 
You know, take your shoes off. We won't try anything. We don't want to get <laughs> shot. You don't want to shoot us. Oh my yeah. god, that's so terrifying. Holy shit. Literally. It's funny how you're making me like the situation such a dangerous situation. <laughs> I mean, so many years later, you can't help but laugh at it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think you were gonna ask if I am fluent in Spanish. I definitely am. I feel like earlier you almost asked me if I speak fluently Spanish. I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, people yeah, have these like questions. The, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can get into the languages. So how um how I mean you speak only Spanish in Venezuela and here in Canada you would have to speak only in English. And I can yeah, speak but... many different languages, things like that. That is very cool, the way that you guys have so many dialects. I mean, it must be a little confusing and a little difficult in a way, I imagine. But also, like, why do you guys have so many dialects, in, like, even just India alone? Yes, yeah. So each province has its own um, language. So I can speak the language of my province and the neighboring province. And then there is one common language for the entire country. I can speak that. <laughs> okay and yeah yeah i speak one language at home and outside it's a different one so it's it's yeah it's fun I, it's not confusing because we grew up learning so many languages all at the same time <laughs> nice mm-hmm. how do you find schooling to be in india like how do you find that schooling i I would say my schooling is kind of an exception because i went to a, an all-girls christian school it was very westernized and I was educated mm. completely in English, so I could I could easily transition into Canada, <laughs> and uh, the, it, mostly we struggled with our own local dialects because we couldn't speak it as often. Mm-hmm. And, and I speak okay. to my friends in English. I mean, it sounds like you were <laughs> you your parents were steering you to eventually come to Canada or US or whatever, you know what I mean? They were I planning guess, for that. I guess if they you look for good <laughs> education, this is what you get in India. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. But what about you? What was schooling like mm-hmm. in Venezuela? I mean, back home, schooling was interesting. I mentioned that it was much easier here in Canada. Mm. Uh, high school starts in grade 6. So you start your physics and chemistry from grade 6. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had like something like 13 classes per year. There is not a semester. There is not like one or two semesters. There's just one whole year. You take the same class the whole year. Mm-hmm. And every day of the week is different. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're all different, different schedules. But then mm-hmm. every week is the same. So every Monday is the same. Every Tuesday is the same. Mm-hmm. And you have 13 classes across the whole board. We're here in Canada. It's like, Four classes, half a year. What? I'm laughing. Really? Uh, yeah, so, the same for me too. It's like some 12 different subjects. And like you said, yeah. the same timetable. Yeah. Uh, they try to incorporate English, mm-hmm. but they're pretty mediocre at it. Like me now living here for 10 years. This uh, August past uh, weekend was my 10-year anniversary here in Canada. Oh, congratulations. Uh, Oh, yeah, thank you. And like, I speak much better English than any of my teachers ever did. 
and I could probably teach a class much better than they would, even though I have no <laughs> knowledge of how to properly teach somebody. And uh, I mean, school, they tried, you know what I mean? Like, my father was dating this very successful neurologist, so I was able to go to some pretty premium schooling. And it was no better than, like, other schoolings. It's just, like, this was kind of a bilingual school where they, they were trying to incorporate English. So I would have, like, an English math class and then at a regular mm-hmm. math class. Mm-hmm. We would have our history. Like I said, chemistry and physics was pretty early on. But it wasn't nothing out of this world. It wasn't that great, to be honest. The teachers just kind of tried, but they knew that it, as soon as you step outside, it's a thuggy-ass world. So, good luck, kids. Hope to see you again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, I mean, kids would have fun in school, whatever. You're not allowed to leave school, but, like, we had some good friendships. Teachers were nice, you know, for the most part. But the schooling was pretty whatever, and a lot of kids were kind of, like... You always have your dropouts, but I feel like back home, the ratio of dropouts was much, much larger. Mm-hmm. How big were your actual like classes? Honestly, you'd be surprised. Some places is like they would take the kids that would be thrown out of all other schools. And it's like, yeah, they have a 30 person class in a tiny room and they're like literally sitting leg to leg. They are yep. so tied up. Tied in yeah. a little classroom. You I have 100 kids in one class. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. What? Yeah. The most we had. That's like a straight up university oh, yeah. lecture. That's plenty. The most I ever had was like a 50 kid classroom. I mean, even then we had space where everybody had their own individual what? desk. Um, The school Damn. next to ours, we could actually look into the school next to ours and it was just long benches and kids were sandwiched in and that was like the last chance location pretty much and i also like i said i I was lucky to not go to like the worst schools i went to some nice schools some pretty bad schools but there were schools back home where kids would die every day like gang fights violence like there was an actual metal detector like it was pretty bad. There were some schools back home where, like, you don't want to go there, man. Like, some 10-year-old kid is going to freaking stab you just for looking at him funny. You know what I mean? A lot of kids would show up without books. They'll just show up to literally sell drugs, and that's it. Yeah. With the, with the five bucks, you're slipping them because they're all monitor. <laughs> man yeah i mean schooling was kind of nice but it wasn't the most helpful thing it was just kind of a way to keep kids out of the street for the most part and somewhere where parents can drop off their kids and be sure that at least they're gonna be there for however many hours most schools let out at noon but some of them let out at three some of them let out at five most of them let out at noon Whoa, that's that's a really weird concept oh, yeah. to me. Because ours all pretty much went and, uh, to, what, like three or four o'clock? Yeah, later on in my life, I was brought up to a school that was more of a 
9 to 3 or 8 to 3 and then if you were lucky mm -hmm. you would your uh, your classes sometimes would end at 1 so we alternate i remember we would alternate where like my group would end at 1 on Tuesdays and then another group would end at 1 on Thursdays so other than that yeah mm -hmm. a lot of schools like a lot of them would end up at noon and those would be mainly like the really dangerous high schools where kids are literally just killing each other and there's just no stopping it, no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah, my cousin went to... How many kids were in these schools? Some of them were very big, some of them were very small. It was more of a... Depending on the area, of how dangerous the area is and uh, how populated it is, you could have a school that would have 300 kids or a school that would have 500 kids. And, uh, oh, they're not even that big. No, man, then. not even close. Yes. Like, I was stunned when I came to school here in Canada, and it literally looked like a freaking castle. Huge school, like <laughs> four levels, like literally oh three. We always say they look like prisons. <laughs> yeah, no. Literally, mm -hmm. like, I would say yeah. my school, all of my school would have fit in the soccer field that they had in my back in the back of my high school my school in venezuela most of them would would fit in a in a soccer field they, they had such big like yes. so oh, many yeah. students in so each many. classroom yeah wow interesting yeah. is there a huge population in venezuela we're pretty we're, we're pretty densely populated um the way here in Canada, you got a lot of, like, just vegetation and stuff. Back home, most of the country is yeah. being used. <laughs> yeah, Canada's kind of a weird exception on the map, where we have so much physical yeah. space and so few people kind of spread out into these small little clusters across. For us, we even have this little joke. It's like, uh, in Christmas time, a lot of people, depending on their culture, they would make, like, the little villages with the little houses. And, like, depends how elaborate you make it. Like, there would be, like, little houses on the mountains and stuff. So the whole mountain looks like mm -hmm. it's lit up. That's how Venezuela looks like. You have a city, and there is mountains. Mm -hmm outside of the city and all you see is little lights in the night in the mountain because people are literally living like they're slowly growing the ghetto onto the mountain and like it's so ridiculous like the way people think back home where like you would have this house white literally made out of tin in the middle of nowhere like between two highways there'll be like an empty space somebody would put a freaking 10 by 10 space of just 10 and there will be a satellite <laughs> dish on the side of it. Yes. Like, <laughs> Literally like a proper established oh, yeah. little house. Wild. Just like, this is my spot Wild. of land now. And they're like literally MacGyver yeah. their own way of getting electricity from the grade and whatever. Like, maybe your uncle died because he got shocked with a thousand volts of electricity. But now... This tiny house that holds eight people have, <laughs> like, electricity. And the government doesn't give a shit. Uh -huh. The government isn't going to go send somebody there. It costs more money for them <laughs> to send somebody to cut you off mm -hmm. than all the internet and, like, all the power that you're taking in your tiny tin house. Mm -hmm. 
more than okay, more than and... once they would have like a structure separately just to hold a satellite dish because the house is the, the <laughs> dish is too heavy to hold on the house <laughs> oh, yeah that's in here Oh my gosh. That is how slums are okay. and just they they develop and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Thing, I'm yeah. gonna say as well, just for like a concept of scope for <laughs> the less educated and informed on the podcast <laughs> myself. Um with this, like the way you're describing where you grew up in the area of Venezuela that you seem to spend the most time in to your knowledge is this like sort of what venezuela looks like and is like or is this more so maybe the area that you were in and you spent a predominant amount of your time in so what is the question like the way you describe venezuela and like the areas and like the little tin house in the middle of the Mm -hmm. road and the um, really like tightly populated schools like the way that in Canada a lot of our population is spread out kind of across and in these smaller clusters like is Venezuela like that or is kind of everywhere well, the same as you've been describing like to your knowledge compared of course to, obviously not as an expert on the country I would say compared to a lot of like other countries in South America we're not the smallest and we're actually quite developed so we do have a lot of cities, but there will be like a lot of rural areas where there will be little ghettos in the outside of towns or like very deep in the center of town, there will be like ghettos. And then more other ghettos will form around the outside of towns between like highways and stuff that join other cities. So we will have multiple cities and then there will be ghettos around the edges of those cities and in the mountains and stuff. And even if like there is uh, like a mountain in the middle of town, there will be ghettos on that mountain, no matter like how nice the area is or isn't. There is definitely mm-hmm. uh, areas that have a little more money. And mainly that will be for families that are either like in the gas industry or like the oil industry or their family belongs to the military type of thing. But for the most part, spread out across the country, we would have some nice city with some very ghetto areas and some kind of nice stuff on the side for the rich people. Yeah, it's kind of the same everywhere, I would say, uh, in Venezuela. Yeah, um, it's similar thing in India. You know, there is no downtown and uptown and all of that shit. It's just the whole place is the same. And of course, there are some nice neighborhoods and the rest are just, it's for everybody, you know. And um, mm-hmm. I, I li- I'm privileged enough to live in a pretty nice neighborhood. But when I step out of the house, we have cows on the street. We have stray dogs. We have all of that, you know. Even if it's a nice neighborhood, it's still pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> So there's no such thing I mean, as a nice neighborhood and a not nice neighborhood. Everything is just equally bad. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky enough to like live in like a gated community, yes. for us, I would say that's as, as high-end as it gets. It's like a gated community. <laughs> yeah. But you still you still have the, like, the occasional stray dog, this and that. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like it would be kind of cool to hang out with some cows. 
<laughs> then you should come to my in my yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> uh, hell yeah, I'm a huge <laughs> animal lover. Mm-hmm. And for what Steph has seen of hanging out with me, animals also <laughs> love me. I am basically Tarzan, so. <laughs> Can, can confirm animals love him but yeah no but call is the same like we have a lot of stray dogs and a lot of stray cats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stray cats as well yes <laughs> kind of creepy we have this thing like the witch religion type of thing is called santeria mm-hmm. and sometimes they do these really creepy things where they throw like dead animals into like um cemeteries and stuff Oh. Which is like oh. super creepy if you ask me. Why do they do that? Oh yeah, it's just I don't know. It has to do with their beliefs, their religious beliefs. So is this the just... native part of the culture? I wouldn't say native, it's just more like they have the witch doctor side of things. And there is always even as a witch doctor, there is the night the good side and the bad side, I would feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, mm-hmm. some of the practices are just, like, a little weird like that. Mm-hmm. What but... do you mean by witch doctor? Mm-hmm. What is this? A witch doctor, I mean, literally gonna heal you with herbal teas and sticks and stones and put some mud on your baby's face and he should be cured type of thing. Mm-hmm. It would happen a lot where my <laughs> father would have patients who are in pretty bad condition. And it's something that, like, it just got continuously worse throughout the course of time because these people, like, maybe this lady or, like, this girl, you know, he lives at, she lives at home and she has a baby, but she lives with her mother and father and her grandmother is against medicine, you know? Mm-hmm. Her grandmother might have been a witch or whatever, mm-hmm. so she's like, take her to this witch doctor and they'll cure your baby. You don't need this medicine. Mm-hmm. What is this medicine? <laughs> So there is definitely a lot of that. <laughs> it's like a natural oh, path yeah. here. There is a lot, a lot about <laughs> that back home. Yeah, yeah. Here mm. as well, it's 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 usually uneducated people who have huge amounts of beliefs and people like this that yeah, who who might not be helped in the right way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean for the most part, the deeper you live in the ghetto, the more these beliefs are mm. Mm-hmm. involved and like a lot of this a lot of the kids that i went to school with like their grandparents were deeply into it you know what i mean mm-hmm. at some point even my grandmother was into that kind of stuff too mm-hmm. and then but my, my grandmother was interesting she had a few like t- like times in her life where i remember for a good five year there a good five years she would just pray every night and she would have a bible and she'll be there for like eight hours man Mm-hmm. like literally 6 p.m until like 11 or whatever mm-hmm. just seeing her viable doing her thing and then eventually she kind of got over it but yeah <laughs> there are mainly like grandparents in venezuela they would be like very religious mm-hmm. whatever that religion mm-hmm. may be mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. i was just gonna observe that religion is kind of here as well as seems to be more in the older population than the younger younger people here tend to identify more as spiritual than religious from at least the people that i've spoken to yeah i find that a lot of the time a spiritual like the older people get they kind of find more of a spiritual path for them 
or something that kind of helps them find answers in a way that they didn't have them before because they've been following the usual Christianity or otherwise uh, beliefs of like even like Western medicine and like maybe that's they don't get out of that what they want so they go into this uh, most uh, more like a mystical path but back home it's just a very native thing almost that like witch doctrines uh, embedded into our um, not our community but like our beliefs and we are kind of progressively mm-hmm. getting away from that because we know that medicine does help but the older crowd they're just so into mm-hmm. it I mean, if that's your belief system, then yeah, you know, hopefully you're using it in a way that's mm-hmm. beneficial to you, and you're taking in. I mean, all the perspectives around you. Yeah, I mean, as long as you you're eventually able to say, "I can't cure your child," please go to an official mm-hmm. doctor. They might be able to help you better. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with a more yeah. you know mystical path. Just don't get people hurt. <laughs> yeah yeah we've come to a point now where we know what modern science says <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. actual evidence yeah well said so alejandro it's been great having you as a guest <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any like current projects you're working on or any artists um or- Anyone you'd like to acknowledge or shout out or final thoughts you'd like to wrap with? I mean, thank you so much for having me, guys. That was awesome. It was very cool talking to the two of you. <laughs> uh, Alicia, it was a lovely pleasure meeting you. You as well. For the most part, I don't, I don't have many personal projects. I'm just kind of a skater guy. I would like to shout out my <laughs> favorite skate shop, which is Longboard Heaven. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in the Tor- downtown Toronto area and you need some wheels, uh, yeah, they'll hook you up. I mean, it's run by the community for the community. They're awesome guys. And uh, other than that, yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. We loved having you, Alejandro. Thank you for being on. Thanks for listening. And join us next week for another episode. Please show us some love on Instagram at TrashBagsPod. And remember, don't be a trash bag. Be a reusable bag. Also, thanks to our sound editor, Mika. This would all be so much worse without you.